I'm Joe Leo with your Play-by-Play Network Sports Minute. 61. I'll say it again. 61. Aaron Judge and Roger Maris staying atop the American League with the home run crown. Judge has just four games to hold the AL and Yankee single season home run record. What this home run chase has made me realize is just how much the steroid era of the late 90s and early 2000s killed the sport. Yes, it saved it in the moment, but by vilifying the same players that saved the sport, baseball itself started to die. While judges made every single at that must see TV and made every New Yorker check back into America's pastime, Judge has not brought back America to baseball. Maybe if he was challenging Bonds' 73, more people would care. Or if he had someone this season challenging him instead of the Yankee right fielder chasing ghosts of Yankees past. The one thing I know for sure, however, is that we may never see this again in our lifetime. Judge is just the fifth player ever to hit more than 60 home runs in a single season and is doing so while battling for the Triple Crown. It's one of the best hitting seasons the game has ever seen. And whether or not someone would challenge Judge and become the sixth member of the 60 home run club in a single season, we'll just have to keep watching to find out. But for now, we get to say we've witnessed the best home run hitter the American League has ever seen. For the Play-by-Play Network, I'm Joe Leo. You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya! See ya! Joining me now, as he does every Monday or Tuesday, today is a Tuesday, we're, we're routinely doing this on Tuesdays now, we, we did yeah. it on Mondays, but anyway, it's football season, it's the day after the, fo- the week ends, and of course, Nicholas Paradis is on the other side of the line, and we are wrapping up week four of the NFL season. We have officially ended what I consider the preseason. And we are now headed into the regular season. If you need any evidence that, that I think we're heading out of the preseason, in my family's football, fantasy football league, we do a just straight pick them. We do, you know, pick, just pick the games. No spreads, just pick the games. I went 13 and three in the, in the pick this week. Well it's done. A lot of ground, a lot of ground on a lot of people. And, it's it actually feels like football season. It's been rainy and cold here in New York for the past couple of days. It's kind of felt like the tail end of fall, even though it's the beginning of fall. So I don't know. Has it felt like fall yet in Nashville, Nick? It absolutely has not. It still feels like uh, we're we're in uh, Indian summer right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's starting to. You're starting to have to bring like a sweatshirt in the back of the car and put it on early morning or late at night. But during the middle of the day, you would think it's still like the end of August. So it's the same as last week, Mm because I I said last week, it's starting to feel like fall. No, no, no. no. This week, it's felt like fall all week. And you can't escape. You can't leave the house without an umbrella. If you like an umbrella or a rain jacket and a sweatshirt, you need... Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, it's 43 degrees. I just checked before we uh, we were recording. Nobody cares about this, but we're well, talking. What are we at right now here, actually? It's it's we personality. 53, okay. It's, uh, it's going to be 75 around 2, p- 2 p.m., so. Yeah, there you go. Back yeah, not, not, quite, not quite sweater weather yet. No. Sweater weather. Shout out to SNL. Getting the... <laughs> to the actual stuff that we want to talk about leading things off we have to talk about my jets again sorry well, I, I honestly leading things off i have yes. to say one thing okay it's been 20 years we, how has the nfl not gotten gotten the concussion protocol right i don't want to go too deep into this because okay. Yeah, it's been talked talk, it. it's been talked about a lot by people who are much smarter than me but there was the the Tua injury was disturbing it was frightening and there's no reason that the guy should have been in the game 
after clearly right. getting a concussion on Sunday. How was this allowed to happen? I'm glad that it's being investigated. I'm glad that the doctor was fired who cleared him because obviously he was not ready to go. And it's it's just another example of the NFL doing things wrong. The only thing I there, there's two things I'm going to say here. The first is the fact that neurologist was the only one fired that he, that they were scapegoated. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. There, there is a lot of people involved in this that need to be held accountable for their actions. The, the Dolphins need to be fined for the way that they handled this. Because at the worst, he has a if if you want to go by the diagnosis, he has a really bad neck injury or back injury that made him collapse to the ground five seconds after suffering it. Right. So at the worst, he's got an injury that is debilitating enough that you know maybe we should keep him out four days later. Right. So and now, at worst, you might have knocked a couple years off his career. Right, or his life. Not right, Dude, yeah. Like, I don't want to, you know, allegedly he has two concussions. And yes. I don't. I want to stick to the, the original diagnosis because you get in trouble if you say, well, he definitely had a concussion. So mm-hmm. it's a very, very bad look for the NFL. I can't believe that the only person that has been held accountable is the independent ne- neurologist that uh, cleared him to go back. And they were unclear about what their job was. So mm-hmm. if they're unclear, how is the team doctor clear? How is right. the subjective test clear? And the second thing that I want to say, and for anybody who missed it, go back. It's on the, the podcast, wherever you get the podcast. It's Steve Young's segment on the K show yesterday. I think it was the best breakdown of what happened. Mm-hmm. It is the best option for moving forward, what he, what the NFL is trying to do. And I think it was, he, he is one of the smartest men to talk about football. I truly believe that. I think he is on the very, very short. I think he's the best NFL analyst that we have in the game, period. He's, he's mm-hmm. definitely on the short list, but in my opinion, he's the best. There's nobody better or smarter to talk about football than Steve Young. And every time it happened, I, I told, you know, I was sitting next to Andrew yesterday and I was like, he's the best. There's nobody better than him. This is the best segment we're going to have all week because he truly is the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. when talking about football. Mm-hmm. So I implore you after this podcast, go look at that, add it to your list of things to do today. It, it oh, I definitely you, will. It will give you hope for the direction of concussions in the NFL because, I mean, I did, a, uh, you know, the open on Thursday saying someone's going to have to leave in a body bag for them to actually care about fixing concussions. Right. Because that's what it really looked like when Tua went back out there and got body slammed to the turf. So let's move on to happier things, I guess. <laughs> happier uh, relatives. Yes. The Jets come back from 14 down, or from 10 down, I should say. They spoil the debut of one Kenny Pickett. And Zach Wilson looked great on the final two drives of the fourth quarter yesterday, or mm-hmm. Sunday. I have hope for the first time in a long time as a Jet fan. For the first time in a long time, our season's not over by October. Hopefully, we are playing meaningful-ish games by the end of October. And, oh, my God, if we play a meaningful game in November, I might jump over the moon. (laughs) But this is progress. I wrote down as my second point, it's growth. We are seeing what we are supposed to be seeing in year two. Mm-hmm. Are we going to take the leap from, okay, we're starting to rebuild things to we're seriously contending for a playoff spot? I don't think so. I still think we're a year off. I really do. But 
having a three-year plan, which you're not supposed to have in the NFL anymore, that was the old way of, of doing things. You take over, you strip it down, you build it back up in year two, and then year three, you go for it, and you start your window. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what this team is doing. The players clearly want to play for Salah. His message is getting across, and they're getting wins. Jets team of old would not have come back from 20 to 10. It would have they ended would not have. And that was what really struck me as the moment that I knew that the culture had changed because, you know, as we've discussed many times on, on the show before, Mike Tomlin is a good coach. Yes. And he's going to contrary gonna, to popular belief on contrary Twitter. to popular belief. And he's gonna he's gonna put out, you know, ways he's gonna put his team in positions where they can beat you. And the Jets did not get beat. They uh they came back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter. You know, Zach Wilson led the scoring drive. Zach Wilson touchdown pass. You know, it was what you want to see out of a young team that's developing. And they're all see they all seem to be coalescing around this guy. The fact that it was his first game back makes it right. even better. Right. You know, because what I saw yesterday was a guy who is the leader of the locker room, even in just the second year. This is he's he seems like he's the guy. And this is what you want if you're the Jets because they've been rebuilding and looking for someone to be that guy for so long. Yes. They finally have it. You know, the other things will fall into place later because, you know, uh, uh, around him, things were – the protection was not always great. Well, we're down to our fifth left tackle here. Yes. Although but, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker stepped in and did a nice job at left tackle. Right, but he hasn't played tackle. He said this on Sunday on the post game. He hasn't played tackle since high school. Right. He's in the NFL. He hasn't played tackle since high school. And but he did a passable job. He did a know? good job. I will say that. The running backs are getting better. I was. I thought uh, Brees Hall looked good yesterday. That was his best game. That was his best game, for sure. Mm-hmm. The defense still need to fix a lot of things. There are still a lot of things we need to clean up. Stupid penalties. That cost us three points at the end of half. Same yes. old jet stuff. Zach Wilson throwing a drive-killing, points-killing interception with just about two minutes on the clock. Same old Jets, bone-crushing. So there are still things that need to be fixed. But they are trending in the right direction. You, you, Zach put us in a position where it's what you want. But yes. three-quarters of it, we've played you know, a quarter – and two minutes worth of good football. We need to play an entire game of good football because you can't continue to win games like this. You can't continue to bet on, oh, we'll just come back. Yes, it will build resiliency. And when you're put in a position like this again, you will know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. But you can't keep banking on it because at some point the magic's going to run out and you're going to lose games that you shouldn't. So... You know, I want to see, and it was Zach's first game back. I'm not going to kill him too much, but I want to see. You want to see more? I think that's fair. Throw the ball away. Keep the drive alive. You're in field goal range. Get points. We can double dip. It was a six point swing, and on the first drive, if you kick a field goal there and go down and score the touchdown on the first possession of the second half, you have ten points. So. That's things that need to be fixed. Carl Lawson, veteran, stupid, stupid penalty. Probably the worst penalty that we that anyone has taken all year. Mm-hmm. So clean some things up. We have an interesting game with Miami this week with kind of a revenge game with Teddy Bridgewater, which if you're going to revisit that trade, I would say the Saints won that trade because the pick that turned into that uh, we traded Teddy Bridgewater away turned into Chuma Adoga, who is now playing football for the Atlanta Falcons. So he is two years after he was drafted, he is no longer on the team. Or right. three years after he was drafted, he's no longer on the team. It's not great. Not it's what, not you, what want. you want. No, <laughs> not at all. So really good credit to Joe Douglas for drafting because the rookies played great. They did. Sauce is tremendous garrett wilson is probably the corner piece of the next dynasty and 
uh, and as Johnson the, got a, a, a tackle for a loss today. And, and as for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, because, as for your Steelers, yes. Um, how are you feeling? I'm not feeling great, <laughs> but that said, I mean, these are the growing pains. Anybody who's being realistic about the situation should have expected that this would kind of be how the season would start, you know. Mitchell Trubisky, I tried to talk myself into him in the offseason. So did everybody else. So did He's not good. Else. He's not good. I told good. you. Um, I made two mistakes. Or actually, I told Austin, but it was on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I made two mistakes that, you know, starting the season. One, how bad Matt Ryan actually – I forgot how bad Matt Ryan actually was. Mm-hmm. And two, I forgot never to bet, bet with Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, listen. Trubisky's horrible. He's bad. Kenny Pickett comes in the game, and there's some good things to like. There's two rushing touchdowns, and he goes 10 for 13, which gives him a high QBR. Somehow, I think interceptions aren't counted towards QBR. They are. Because, because all three of his the, – the three extra in that 10 for 13 were all interceptions. Well, he was, he was 100 for – like, he was 100%. Three of them just went to the other team. He yes. didn't miss a throw. He did not miss the throw. That's a good way to put it. Um, so there, there's definitely a lot of, of building that needs to be done with this roster. I have faith that they're going to figure it out. The offensive weapons I are... think I am going to switch to a giant fan for the rest of the season, though. I'm going <laughs> to switch their positions again. I would say, you know... Steelers are back to number two. It's not... It's the position players, the, the skill players on offense... They're good. You don't really have a number one. I think you have a bunch of number twos. Pickett. I think Deontay Johnson could be the number one, but I don't think Matt Canada's offense. He's like a one and a half. Like he's he's more closer to a two than he is a one. Okay, I I, that's that's reasonable. Playpool is a good two. Briarmouth. I mean, he's probably the third or fourth best tight end in he's probably the fourth best tight end in football he might be the closest thing to a number one we have but he's not like but he's not gronk he's not gronk he's not kelsey he's not even kittle so he is only a second year player though we'll see if he can become that so and the running game that was the other that's the other thing i think Yes, and that, but that's the other thing that I think Steeler fans have to remember is that the starting skill position players are by far and away, by a significant margin, the youngest group at all of, of the NFL. Yes. I mean, there isn't a single one of them from quarterback all the way down to tight end, assuming that Kenny Pickett is now the starter. There's not a single one of them that's under that's over 25. Yeah, so I mean, they, this they is will a, grow. Yes, but the defense can only save you so much. Minka Fitzpatrick can only do so much. When does TJ Watt come back? I don't know. How, how, how close are we? I think it's week seven he's supposed to be back. So three more weeks. Alex Highsmith leading the league in sacks so far. Yeah, he was a good player. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. We will take a quick break. We will come back with uh, impressions. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistant programs through an app-assisted network of food donors, volunteers, and feeding agencies. Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing, and distribution of locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called ChowMatch, and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistant programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. 
Volunteers are matched through the Chow Match app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year, on average, Feed Hudson Valley re rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time, spelled out, F-E-E-D-H-V.org. Now back to the podcast. All right, in the first part of the podcast, we talked about the Jets beating the Steelers. Now we get to what impressed us in week four. I have two. I don't know about you, Nick, but I have, I have three. Two. Okay, since you have three, you go first with your first one. Number one, Brian Dable is going to be, if, if there's some kind of, a, I know there's not a real award for first year coach of the year, uh -huh. but if there's some kind of writer's award for it, Brian Dable is going to win this award walking away. Um, the Giants, what, first of all, what more could be said about Saquon? He's he, 146 yards yesterday. He's leading the league in rushing yards. He's leading the league in all-purpose yards. The guy's having the season that you always wanted to see. Right. But Brian Dable, I mean, Daniel Jones goes down with an injury. Tyrod Taylor goes down of an injury. They don't have a quarterback. And yet he figures out a way to make it work. He's running the wildcat with Saquon. He has Daniel Jones out there as a wide receiver who's in there to block. I mean, it was, it was such, a, such a great coaching job to be able to secure. The, and the Bears are terrible. Yeah, they're bad. You know, the Bears are, are the Bears are, 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 we're talking about a number one pick contender, I think. But the, the Giants, it's a game that you should win. And once in the old regime, in the Judge regime, in the Shermer regime, that would have been a loss yesterday. Yeah. They would have panicked. They would have said, we don't have a quarterback anymore. We're done. But Brian Dable didn't panic. And the team didn't panic because of him. And he was able to get them down to a victory. I can't say enough good things about Brian Dable. I think this guy has been a huge huge home run for the giants for four games they're three and one now which is the same position the cowboys are in they're only one game behind the eagles i mean we could see a, a real playoff push out of this team of course davis webb has got to show up in um in london next week because there's in no london way they're going to try yeah. out tyron um, taylor two things one last year joe judge if he was put in the same situation as Dable uh, on Sunday, he would have taken the QB sneaks himself. Yes. I mean, they QB sneaked with a real quarterback last year. Yesterday, they don't have a quarterback at all, and they're finding ways to move the football. So, Secondly, and I mentioned this to Andrew at the end of the show yesterday. Um, yes. Would you re-sign Odell because the receiving core is horrible the, I forget the name of the receiver that uh finished with the most yards but it was three catches for 23 yards that was the leading receiver on Sunday would you kick the tires I know he's rehabbing from a ACL injury or a, something I don't know if it's an ACL but it's a knee injury I think it depends when he's going to be able to be back let's say week 13 week 13 i would think about it but i would probably wait until maybe early november to make that call if they're six and two at the end of like if they have us in october like they had september and they're six and two at the end of october i'd have odell on the phone right away be like we because need he's you been on a world tour saying oh who's gonna sign me I'm yes. going to New Orleans. I'm going to LA. You know, I might hook up with my friend Von Miller again in Buffalo. I would really think about it. I'll I'll even go one step further. 
If if Daniel Jones has to miss significant time and Tyrod Taylor has to miss significant time, you know who would look real good running a Brian Dable offense? Who's that? Cam Newton. I don't know about Cam. And he is friends with 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 Odell. This is the first week where I'm a little hesitant. And as the Cam Newton publicist for the Grind mm-hmm. Hours podcast. Yeah. I don't know, but he'd look real good running that offense they had yesterday. He think can about run. just I want to do a quick throw. thought exercise on this on the Odell. Mm-hmm. The fan base is still not over trading Odell, even though I think you won that trade. Right. They are still not over it. They will die on that hill that they should have never let go of Odell. If you bring him back and it's reconciliation, he's back in New York. The fan, if you think the fan base is juiced up and excited now, I know there's no roof on that life, but it would explode. You still see Odell jerseys walking around the city. You majority of the, if you go to a giant game and they pan into the crowd, you can't not see. Uh, yes, they will, they will pan to somebody with a Daniel Jones jersey, but yeah. directly behind him. Is a woman in an Odell jersey or a kid in an Odell jersey or a a Brooklyn hipster in an Odell jersey. They're they're everywhere. He still might be the most popular giant jersey on the market, and he hasn't played for the team in four years. Exactly. And I totally am. I'm with you. If they're five and three or they're six and two, I'm calling him up right then and there being like, once Thanksgiving hits, we want you back. We want you, once your rehab is done, once you're ready to go, we want you here. We're going to push for the playoffs. Because Sterling Shepard's out. Kenny Galladay is not getting it done. Richie James has been good. He's Richie he's James. Number, he's not a number one receiver. He's Odell, a three. At, Odell, at, can, he's Odell three. can be that guy. If you're if you're relying on and let me call up what who the leading receiver for the Giants was on Sunday. Oh, it was I, the Bears. It was Daniel Bellinger, the tight end. Bellinger. What was his stat line? Three receptions for 23 yards. Not great. No. Leading receiver. 23 yards receiving. Not great. So this team is other than him and Saquon, nobody had more than one catch. Right. So right now your best passing offense is swing passes, screen passes, and passes out of the, you know, with Saquon in the slot to Saquon. Mm-hmm. Saquon is your best weapon, and you can't now, go to admittedly, every play. Admittedly, the stats from last week are a bit skewed because much of the second half they weren't passing at all. It doesn't matter. You can't. You can't win many football games. I, I, I'm pressed to even say you can't win a football game, even though the Giants did win a football game, mm-hmm. with your leading receiver getting 23 yards passing or receiving. It's not a sustainable future, let's put it that way. Right. The Jets can't continue to bank on them coming from 10 points down or more. The Giants can't continue to bank on having the leading receiver being a tight end and having 23 yards receiving. It can't happen. No. My number one thing, and it's quick, it's the Eagles getting punched in the mouth by the Jaguars and still standing upright and punching back. I think they are the best team in the league. Say what you want about Buffalo. Say what you want about Kansas City. I wasn't a believer in Philly until last week. Then I saw her face. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 and she, and she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. The Eagles are a gorgeous woman right now. And yes. they're only going to continue to be gorgeous because their schedule is a cakewalk. Yes, I'm referring to them. every cute girl I meet at the bar from now on as the Philadelphia Eagles. You, you're the Eagles, baby. <laughs> um, My Eagles fly. <laughs> I... You know, they will lose a dumb game. They will lose a game that they're not supposed to to lose because every team does that. Every Mm -hmm. team, you go, how the hell did they lose that game? 
They're, they are so much better. The, the Chiefs against the, the Colts. How did they lose that game? They are so much better than the Colts. They still lost. The Eagles are going to have that game. I don't know when it's going to be, but they will I'm have that game. I'm looking at the Eagles' upcoming schedule to see which one it might be. Um, Cardinals, Cowboys. Cardinals it could be. The Eagles go on the road to play the Colts November 20th. It might be the Colts. The Colts might be the Cinderella team, the one that upsets everybody. But they're going to lose a dumb game. The second one that impressed me is Mm -hmm. the Rodgers-Zappy matchup. Oh, see, that was my second one as well. Okay, so, let's talk let's about Let's dive it. right into it. Bailey Zappi. Zappi, 10 for 15, 99 yards and a touchdown. Rodgers, 21 for 35, 251, two touchdowns in the pick six. The fact that Bailey Zappi went on the road and kept them in the game and was in position to actually win the game at one point. Right. Is a testament to how good Bill Belichick is as a head coach, how maybe pro-ready Bailey Zappi is. I you know it's amazing. I, I said to, um, I think it was Julian who was in the control room with me on Sunday. I said, if Zappi wins this game, it's more improbable than what the Jets did. Because it would have been. Yeah, I mean, the, the Packers are a much better team than the Steelers at this moment in time. He's a third-string, um, what is he, fourth-round quarterback? Something like that, out of Western Kentucky, so right. not a big school. And he's in Lambeau Field. You can't get bigger stages than Lambeau Field for your first action as an NFL quarterback. With Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Famer, oh, by the way, two-time MVP, across the sideline. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't phased. Absolutely fantastic game from Bailey Zappi. And I'm not even worried about Mac Jones going down anymore. How can you be? No, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a Bledsoe Brady situation. No. But he could be a good backup quarterback. Look, the Patriots. I'll tell you what, this could be. It won't be a, it won't be a, it won't be a Brady Bledsoe situation, but this could be a Prescott Rush situation. Or you know what it could be? It could be a Brady Garoppolo situation mm-hmm. where both of them, and I'm not comparing uh, uh, Mac Jones to no. Brady, no. but both are good. Brady, obviously, he's great, but Garoppolo mm-hmm. is a good quarterback. Is it possible that you have two good quarterbacks and yeah, it's probably it's impossible, to... Joe. It's never happened. It's probably two good quarterbacks. That's crazy talk. It's probably as good as Dak and, and Cooper Rush. But that's good. If you have two good quarterbacks that are both on rookie deals, you have a quarterback controversy, which no one would have thought. And it finally gets Brian Hoyer off of a roster. There you go. What could be better than that? I don't know. Speaking of Garoppolo, mm-hmm. that's my third thing that impressed me. It was my third thing as well. We're on <clears throat> the same wavelength today. Look at that. And it shouldn't be because <laughs> the 49ers own the Rams. They own Sean, McDerm- or Sean McDermott, Sean McVay. And it's inexplicable. You know, they just. But sometimes it doesn't make sense. I said this last week. G-Man Choi is Babe Ruth against Garrett Cole. I heard that. That was a really good comparison. It doesn't make any sense. G-Man Choi, I think, I, I believe he's a 220 a two, career hitter. No, he is. And then against the Yankees, he's he a home run every time. He's fantastic. And for this, they're buddies too, which makes it even weirder. But Shanahan owns McVay. He does. And... At this point, it's in their heads because the only win that they have, yeah, it's when it mattered in the playoffs, but that's the only win in nine try in the past nine tries. They are one in nine in the past or one in eight in the past nine games against the 49ers. 
and the really matter whose turf it's on. The really impressive thing, even going beyond Garoppolo, is the 49er defense because this Ram offense is very good. And they held them to no touchdowns, nine points. I mean, the running game couldn't get anything going, whether it was Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers. Cooper Cup, 122 yards receiving on 14 catches, and he never found his way into the end zone. I mean, that's just a great, great performance by the San Francisco defense. Right, but it, it speaks on to where the state of the Rams offense. Cooper Rush, or Cooper Rush, Cooper Cup, the original mm-hmm. Cooper. <clears throat> Not the Cooper tire, but yes. Cooper Cup. Tremendous game. Go get your 14 for over 100. You still didn't win. No, so it's who else? It's and I'm quite Cup mad at and... I'm quite mad at Matthew Stafford for not throwing a touchdown. I had a chance to come back and beat Timbo Slice, and it did not happen. Who else? That's the question with with the Rams right now, and it's on offense because the defense is good. Who else on offense? Who else scares you? They don't have Odell anymore. They don't have a running game at all. It's Cooper Cup and a bunch of other dudes. I don't, I wouldn't say it's a bunch of other dudes. I mean, I think Tyler Higby is one of the better tight ends in the league. Um, sure, but Alan Robinson look, is not, straight butt cheeks. We can all agree about that. But, he's been bad. Skoranek, you know, some of these other some of these other receivers have shown like uh Ben Skoranek has shown a little bit. But that's like it's no one that's going to scare you. You're not going to go into a, into a wide receiver meeting as, as the opposing defense and go, oh, my God, Ben Skoranek. How are we going to stop him? I mean, yeah. Oh, my God, Cam Akers. It's, look, he's got space jam. But when you have one guy that's taking up two to three defenders on every play and can still come down with the ball 14 times. Right, but somebody else, if he's getting double or triple covered, somebody else is open. Stafford clearly doesn't trust whoever else that they have, or McVeigh for that matter, to get mm. the ball in their hands. So it is concerning. I it's agree. Fair, with it's it's red flag alert. It's not panic time. Or I'm sorry, it's not doom time, but it is panic time in LA, I think, because you can't you you need a, somebody like Odell. Take but one of the 40 picks and trade it for for a for a wide receiver but then as for the 49ers the offensive wise i mean jimmy garoppolo this is why i thought that they shouldn't have drafted a quarterback in the first place this guy is a good starting quarterback this guy can win games in the nfl he just finds ways to do it and he does and jeff wilson you know, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, these guys are not world beaters. George Kittle had two catches yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he just, he finds, he spreads the ball around. John Jennings got a couple catches. Ross Dwelly had a catch. I mean, they're, they're really good at Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan just together. I think they're really good at unlocking the potential of everybody in their offense. They're, they're a really, really good match for each other. Let me borrow a line from Don LaGreca before we mm-hmm. go to break yes. about Jimmy Garoppolo. Handsome and the Jimmy. Quarterback, and the quarterback situation in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We know! We know! <laughs> He's the answer! He's it! You have a quarterback. Get off of Trey Lance. You have a quarterback. We know he's good. We know he's the answer. Stop putting around with Trey Lance. Punt on Trey Lance. Get something back for him after he's recovered, obviously. But Jimmy G is the quarterback of the future. He's the quarterback of the now. He is the quarterback that if you're going to win a Super Bowl in San Francisco, he's going to lead you there. And I'll tell you the other concerning thing. That offensive line was awful. That's it. But I don't know. The, the Rams offensive line. Yes, I mean, I, yes. they, they, I, it was a disaster. I'm ready to go to break. I, I need a drink of water. You got it. 
That's that's the last thing I'll say on the 49ers is uh Talanoa Hufunga, who had the, the interception. That should have been one of four that the, the yeah. San Francisco defense had. I mean, the, the offensive line was terrible yesterday. Awful. Get it right, Rams. Whose house? Rams house. We're going to go to break. We'll be yes. back after this. Hey, kids, are those ancient records getting tiring in these troubled times? Finally time to get your ass off the couch and make something of yourself? Well, of course not, because there's yet another podcast you'll be recommended and not actually listened to. Put on your fun hats. We're on our way. You're damn right. All jokes aside, if you're a fan of the Grind Hours podcast with Joe Leo, you'll be right at home here. Want to know that the Ford Bronco is back? Guys, the Ford Bronco is back. Indeed, the Ford Bronco is back. Alongside those pressing news snippets, you'll get complaints about the Wilpons, Bobby Vanilla, and the New York Mets as well as riveting life advice from the resident love swami, Nicholas J. Paradis. I saw condoms in my son's plastic bag when we arrived at the house. Two packs with 36 each. Jesus Christ, dude. Subscribe at your local podcast depository, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. New episodes are posted weekly every Friday. For our weekly advice segment, please send us a message over at anchor.fm slash children's programming pod. We always look forward to hearing from you. All right, we've toweled off. I've got some water. I've put a sweatshirt on for the overreactions to the pod. I have two for week four. Nick, you told me right before we got on uh, for this part. Yes. Let's. Uh, let me go first. Sorry, I don't know that one. Alexa, shut up. Sorry, I don't know that. That's going to that that is oh, that scared the hell out of me, and it's going to uh, stay in the pod. Anyway, my first one <laughs> is both LA teams will be cellar dwellers in their respective divisions. Mm. The Rams and the Chargers will be finishing in last place in the AFC and NFC West. That's my number one overreaction for week four your thoughts i it's hard for me to disagree because what have either of these teams shown you so far that they can compete with not that they're bad teams because i don't think anybody would say that either the chargers or rams are bad teams but what have they shown you that they can compete with the upper echelon of their own division, which I think we would all agree are the two hardest divisions in football this year. Well, no. The AFC West has been an utter and abysmal disaster. The second best, uh, and argue, actually, I think the best division in football is the, AFC, is the NFC East. It went from the worst division in football a couple of years ago to now it's the best division in football. They yeah, but you still have the one. You still have the Washington football team dragging things. They down. do, but they have the only undefeated team in football, and they have two, three, and one teams in second place. I have a hard. The only reason I have a hard time getting down with it is I. I think the Rams could finish last because the Cardinals are very good, the 49ers have their number, and the Seahawks are better than expected. They're spinning I can the see face it. of. Oh, you don't think we're going to be any good? We're going to roll Geno Smith out and put 40. Yes. Oh. Who would have thought that a game between Geno Smith and Jared Goff would be the highest scoring NFL game in recent memory? They combined for like 600 yards passing. Maybe it was, it was incredible. 700 yards passing. Um, what I will say is that I – I could, like I said, I could see the Rams finishing last. I could, but the Chargers are a little tougher for me to see. The Las they Vegas have, Raiders are awful. Yeah, but they've had a season from hell, the Chargers. They have, but the, the Raiders are bad. Yeah. I, well, I'm I, just I, saying injuries. At some point, you know, the injuries up. are going to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert's playing with cracked ribs. It's just, it's there for them. And with the the Rams, it's kind of getting into what we said right before break. It's Cooper Cup and a bunch of dudes. They they don't have anybody on offense. 
So they need to figure out how to win on offense because they haven't really done that to this point this year. What is your first overreaction? My first overreaction, and you can combine it with a bold prediction because it kind of fits into both. The Lions, the one and three Detroit Lions, are going to recover from where they're at now and, and finish at a wild card spot. Believer in Dan Campbell, huh? Believer in more so believer in the fact that the last time we saw, so I was looking up some statistics. The 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 Lions, all four, all, all four of their games, the three losses have all been by a touchdown or less. So they're, they're losing close games. They're staying competitive with these teams. They're not a one and three where the season has, you know, been a disaster. They're a one and three where they just haven't quite been able to get there yet. And the, they have by far, statistically speaking, the most potent offense in the game, bar none. They're the highest scoring team in the league by a considerable margin. The problem is, they have the 32nd ranked defense. <laughs> so I was looking, I was thinking about when was the last time this happened? Well, the last time this happened where a team had the highest scoring offense with a defense in the bottom percentile was the 2016 Atlanta Falcons, who of course went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now we all know how that turned out. But no jokes here. You, you Falcon fans have suffered enough. Yes, but the history would indicate that this can be a recipe for success if you get in the right situation. So I think the I think the Lions are going to recover from this one and three start where they arguably could be four and oh right now if things had gone just gone a little bit differently at each of these games. And I think they're gonna find a way into the uh, wild card round. I have a hard time believing that. Because even if they are, even if they were 4-0, everything that you just panned out and Mm -hmm. made a great case for would be used against them if they were 4-0. The defense would be ripped to shreds because it has been ripped to shreds on the field. So I just, I don't know how well they can, because I don't really like the Vikings. But I think they're a little bit better than the Lions. I don't really like the Niners all that much. Mm-hmm. But I think they're better than the Lions or the Cardinals. I, th- well, I think the Lions are better than the Cardinals. But I don't think the Lions are better than the Giants or the Cowboys. So I, I'm as just much saying, as I would, you know. As much as I would love it because that city has been tortured, it's the only other fan base besides the Jets and the NFL that has had a worse existence. And they need something to root for. And they've been in games. But mm-hmm. they remind me of a couple of years ago where Calvin Johnson was at the tail end of his career with Stafford. It was the same sort of thing. They had the number one ranked offense, but the worst defense. They were always in close games late. It was always Stafford's leading them down for the final drive. Let's see if he can do it. And it's just, I don't know, weird cosmic stuff that doesn't allow them to win those games. They don't really win those games all that often. So as much as I would love to believe in Dan Campbell, as much as I would like a good hard knock story, as much as I like Jared Goff as a quarterback, actually, and the weapons for that matter, I just, I don't see it this year. Maybe next year. I just I don't see it. And well, maybe I can get you back on the trade of my next okay reaction because it's directly related to the same game. All right. Geno Smith is gonna win comeback player of the year. So that's actually a pretty good one. As much as I would love to hate Geno. And I'm bitter over the fact that he's doing this for the Seahawks and mm-hmm. not the Jets. And I like the Seahawks because I like Pete Carroll. I've read his book twice. 
It's a really good book. Winning mm-hmm. time. Shout out Pete Carroll. Great book. But he's doing this for the Seahawks. He he's not doing this for the Jets ten years ago, and that right. kind of pisses me off. But I could see it. I could see it. I mean, three hundred and twenty yards yesterday. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got a. He seems to have a great rapport with uh, with DK Metcalf. Taking the cart to go take to go drop a deuce. Respect. Yeah. He did a Paul Pierce. And he adds. He added fifty yards rushing on the ground. I mean, this is this Seahawks offense is really well balanced. It's what. It's crazy, because what Geno is doing is like 60% of what Russ did in his prime. Mm-hmm. Gino is extending plays. He's moving the pocket. He's, you know, scampering for first downs when he needs to. Right. And he's chucking the ball all over the place. This is Gino Smith. I can't believe I'm saying this on October 4th, 2022. But Gino Smith is 60% of prime Russell Wilson right now he is he's so good i just picked him up in fantasy in one of my leagues oh i picked him up in our league in the league that you and i are in he scored 31 points for me last last week he outscored kyler so it's crazy it's comeback player of the year geno smith book it speaking of russell wilson my my second and last overreaction has to do with the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. I think Nathaniel can't hack it. <laughs> is going to be the first coach fired. Interesting. I think he's bad, like otherworldly bad. He is on the exact opposite end of the spectrum as Brian Dable with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Everything that. Dable is doing well. Hackett is not. He could be in a situation where it's one and done in terms of years for head coaches. Because of all of them, he is the worst. From Eberflus to Dable to um, Doug, uh, Doug Peterson, he's had a job before, but it's just his first year in, in uh, Jacksonville. To mm-hmm. um, What's his name in Minnesota? They've all had a better experience so far than Hackett. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think he's any good. I don't. I can't disagree. I mean, he has not looked good to, to start his tenure. This has been clearly an experiment that seems to be failing thus far. Um, He's... When you got Russell Wilson on your team, there's no excuse for being as uncreative on offense as as Nathaniel Hackett has been. And they're losing games against teams that they should win. You know, it it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I I I struggle to see. I'm with you. I, I struggle to see how this gets better for the Broncos. I think. Next week against the Colts is going to be a test because they'll be home. The Colts are a bad team. If they if if they lose to the Colts, then I think I I think the Broncos season is in real trouble. And this this potentially without Jonathan Taylor too. Taylor's questionable. Yeah. So it would be Matt Ryan and them boys, Matty Ice, and a bunch of Natty Lights, and that's it. And if you lose on a short week to a worse team, I just I don't see it. And the good news Russell, for them is they had a really early buy. Yeah, but with Russell Hustle and Bustle too, it looks like he's over the hill, like his best days are behind him. And mm-hmm. even so, he's still a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He still understands what it's like to run a potent offense. He still has an arm. Build an offense where if he's, you know, Donovan McNabb with Washington at the end of his career, McNabb was still somewhat successful in that offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he scampered for first downs every now and then, and I, and I think that's what Russ can do. 
still, but if you if he's just a pocket passer, build an offense around that because he's still, even though I, I I'm not high on Wilson, he's still a top ten quarterback in the league. He's got to be regretting asking for a trade right now, right? No, because I think that relationship was at its wits end. But I'm I just think, saying, like, if 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 I think if going he's to in De- Seattle. I think- because he had a no trade clause and, you know, he had the ability to, to yes or no a trade. If he's in Seattle right now, they're four and oh. Probably. I mean, Geno Smith has gotten them to, to two and two and with probably, and easily could have been three and, and one, you know, they're probably four and oh. But I think Denver was just the, the wrong place for. With with Hackett. It's clear that, you know, he's he needs to build something, that Hackett's not the head coach to be put in a position where it, the team, talent-wise, is ready to compete. Mm-hmm. Hackett's a builder. He's not a, a plug-and-play guy. They needed Doug fair. Peterson. If anybody needed Doug Peterson, it was, it was the Broncos. Well, Doug Peterson is uh, – Doug Peterson's going to take the Jaguars to the promised land. Did you get the memo? I did. Right. I, I've been on the I've been on the Jaguar bus for a while now, but yeah, I don't want to keep beating around the bush. Do you have another overreaction for Week Four? No, those are my only two: Gino and then the uh, the Detroit Lions comeback saga. It'll be captured on camera because they got hard knocks. But I think that's a good place to end, Nick. Tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Um, you can find me at all social medias at Nick Parodies, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all of that good stuff. You can find the band on Instagram at the underscore bad underscore ideas underscore. Also on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, SoundCloud. You can find us all over the damn place. You can find me throughout the beautiful city of Nashville, Tennessee, potentially as your Uber driver. This week's secret word is Geno Smith. So if you get in the car and say Geno Smith, I'll know that you listen to this podcast. What are you going to give them? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll discount their ride. Okay. This is some breaking news. I, I actually didn't get to, and shout out to DiPietro and Rothenberg. Shout out Dave Rothenberg, the legend okay. Rothenberg. Dave, if you're listening to this, I know it's 10.38 in the morning, East Coast time. I woke up, got myself ready, had breakfast, had a cup of coffee, did not listen to the Rothenberg vehicle yet, did not listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I just got a text from, from my good friend Brian Munguia, who actually got me the job at ESPN. Apparently, they mentioned, Dave mentions me on, on the pod or on the, on the show and it's an hour one of the pod. So I'm going to go listen to that after after this. I will send you, Nick, this after the pod. So shout out at the very end of the show. Oh, hell Dave yeah. Rothenberg, the legend, Dave Rothenberg. In a good way, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, I'm, I, 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 I hope so. I haven't listened to it <laughs> yet. But Dave, I, I will see you on Saturday. I'm looking forward to listening to not only this hour of the, of the pod but every hour of the show throughout the week and uh yeah i can't wait to to run uh stump rothenberg which i'm one and zero against dave nice. on saturday tune in to nice. that nick this has been so much fun thank you at so some much point nick on. in nashville will call in yes nick in nashville you already called in and i could I, I didn't even tell i couldn't that's, even tell that's true because the speakers in the in the control room were not were a little low, I couldn't even tell that you were on on the air. So, you will if you call back in, Nick from Nashville will will definitely make the air. Gotcha. All right, brother. I will talk to you soon and uh, be easy. Best of luck driving people around in Nashville. Adios. On this side of the coin, out the fake Jay Leo on Twitter, jdatasport.blogspot.com, and of course this podcast. Little podcasting note. Episode 350. So if you're new, please like, subscribe, share this podcast. Anybody who you seem fit, if you're new to the show, download the show. It means more to the show. Then you know you have 350 of these to digest. Almost five years into the podcast, we've hit 350. It's been a long, 
a long road, but I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have 350 of these to under the belt and we're just getting better. So congratulations to everyone who's been a part of this journey with me, either on the pod or listening to it. I thank you so much for everything you've done along the way. Uh, how did I want to phrase this? Oh, yeah. Um, go listen to Stump Rothenberg. It's where you, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can get the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast. I host, I'm the MC of Stump Rothenberg. So you can go over there and check that out. That also is on 98.7 ESPN on Saturday mornings, right around 10.30, give or take a couple of minutes. So this Saturday, I'll be back on trying to stump Dave again. Also, Dave, shout out. I, I mentioned this at the uh, tail end with Nick. He, he had my back, so that's my guy. I, I'm, I'm Dave's guy, and that's my guy. So shout out to Dave Rothenberg. But next podcast will probably be Thursday at some point. We were red hot with the picks. Back to 500. That's all. I will get into the specifics on Thursday's podcast. But back to 500. Good week for Jack as well. Good week for the picks overall. And uh, yeah, football season's back and better than... Uh, I can't say better than ever, but it, it is back. Uh, next week, we also have NHL and NBA starting back up. So that's the best... And baseball playoffs. It's the best time of year to be a sports fan. Be along for the ride on this podcast. Again, like, or share comment subscribe share this podcast with anybody who you seem fit and until thursday it's closing time you don't have to go home but you can't stay here peace